Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? This week's episode is titled Mediocrity, Doing the Least. This is part two of my conversation with Bridget Wilson. I hope you enjoy. You talked about your your spiritual director and he said to you that there have been times that you currently are not loving the Lord as much as you have yes. previously. Yes. For someone listening to this who mm-hmm. says, wow, that's me. Like, I remember back in X time when I was on fire for the Lord. And um, I just am so removed from that. What is your advice to someone who wants to get back to that place? And of course, you and I both know spiritual maturity it's not a feelings game. I mean, blessed no. St. Teresa of Calcutta had how many years of desolation? 40 years? No, exactly. So it's not, it's not a feelings game, but how does someone return to a state in their life where they know that they were giving everything to our Lord? Is there anything that you think, any practical tips? Yeah, yeah. So one thing that I really appreciated that my spiritual structure did is he he literally gave me like a list of things to to do. And and not in so much of a okay, say Hail Mary, check, say rosary, check. But it was it was sort of it's interesting because it was almost like um when you look at it, if you don't realize what the point of it is, you might look at it and think like, you're asking me to do the bare minimum here. But that I don't know, that's kind of how you get started is you um you don't need to go into anything and go do do it full speed like even if you were like if I'm gonna I'll be just be really honest there are times where I'd go to adoration I'd sit there for probably like two hours or more and I would just be like in this like very like contemplative state and I'd leave and I'd feel so at peace but now when I go in there I like sometimes it's, I struggle to be there for five minutes and the thing is I'm fully aware that it's Jesus there and I'm just like thinking about the next things I, the next thing I have to do and whatever kind of anxiety I've got going on about like work or events or something in my like family. And um, it's really hard. But one thing that he said to me was that um, the devil's going to try to convince you that you need to do more than what you're able so that you don't do it at all. Like he's going to tell you like, well, if you can't, if you can't say a whole rosary, don't bother saying it. But the thing is like saying a decade of the rosary every day, if you can't say a full one, that's going to be so much more powerful, obviously, than not saying it at all. Or if you can't like go and do a full hour of adoration, um, the devil's going to tell you like, well, what, what's the point of going at all if you can't go for an hour? And one thing my spiritual director said, I just love him so much. He said, if you just walk in there and take three breaths and leave, he's like, that's better than nothing at all. And I, so that, that gave me so much more like freedom to pursue this sort of like re-entrance into like a deeper prayer life that I had had once and felt like I needed to get back to that point that I had grown to and that it wasn't worth doing if I couldn't do that. Um, and so I would say for those who are like, yeah, I either I'm looking to get deeper into my prayer life or I want to go back. You don't need to go in, you know, guns loaded, totally like, you know, as you just don't need to be this like huge, like monster praying. You can, you can do it in such like small little ways. Um, and then just go from there. You know, you're in there for three breaths this week. You're in there for five breaths next week, you know? So you can just, you just grow and you 
keep growing. And that's, that's the point we brought, we said it earlier, it's going to be a constant struggle. And then when you're talking about like, you know, Mother Teresa's nice of desolation, I think an important thing to know is that even, even if you get to the points where you're like, oh, I'm back to praying for like two hours in adoration every single day, you're not always going to feel like a presence or God there at those times um, because he does make himself like hidden to us. Um, so I don't know. I'll tell your listeners if they want to learn more about that, they should absolutely read um, Contemplative Provocations uh, by Father Donald Haggerty. It's amazing. So if you kind of want, it's, it's, very, it's a very special book, I think, when you want to learn about, you know, entering into like a deeper prayer life, but also realizing like when things aren't necessarily as intense or as emotional as you want them to be, that's not a problem. It's not that God's not there. He's just not, you know, fully present to you because he kind of needs you to keep working at it and growing at it. He'll, he'll reveal himself to you like once again, eventually. So I just don't like back up or, you know, be afraid during those moments. So I don't know if that answers your question, Brendan. Yeah, I think everything you said is, is spot on. Um, and, and the other thing that I would say to follow that up, and this is something that, you know, I think you'll agree with and um, people at home will as well, is this is a relationship. You know, our, our prayer life, our life with our Lord, it's a relationship. And every relationship you have is going to have highs and lows. I mean, talk to your parents. Um, God willing, your parents are married um, and together, and you can talk to them and I'm sure you could ask them, are you more in love now than you ever have before, been before? And for some of them, they might say yes. For others, they might say, honestly, I don't know. Or <laughs> some of them might say bluntly, no. You know, I, I, I think for whatever reason, your mom and I were most in love at this point, or your dad and I were most in love at this point. Um, but it's a relationship and it's something to strive for. And then secondarily with that, we're called to be honest. If we're honest with our Lord, you know, you talked about the three breaths. Um, Jesus just wants us to be honest with him. So if we're struggling with our prayer life, say that to him, you know, like he is going to work with that. He understands. Um, and your point, I think that the biggest point too is just, the effort has to be there. You know, you talked about, okay, the devil is going to tell you, well, if you're not going to pray a whole rosary, then you shouldn't pray one at all. Mm -hmm. And I get that, you know, we want to have this mentality of if we're not going to make Herculean effort, we shouldn't yeah, make any exactly. effort at all. But that is such a lie because then that's going to stop us from any progress at all. Um, I guess the next thing I wanted to ask you, um, mm -hmm. Bridget, is do you think when we're trying to address this, can we overdo it? Um, you know, is there scrupulosity? Does that come in? Um, religious, you know, one of the phrases you used was religious focused anxiety. I've never heard that, but I think that's a, that's an interesting really. way to, to, to think about it. Um, mm -hmm. Or just, you know, you said uh, doing too much, you know, setting yourself up to fail. How, how do you think that ties into all yeah, so I think, I think, you know, you could buy this like in any, in anything, you know, like it, people who get really into running because they want to get healthy and then suddenly they're running so much they're getting shin splints. 
right? Which, you know, I'll never run, so that's never going to be a problem. Um, but I think that's kind of the same way you can approach your prayer life, especially if you, if you kind of go into it too quickly. Um, you know, where you, um, what am I trying to say here? But you could, you know, pray a lot and decide you're going to start reading a lot of the lights of the saints. And you can enter into this sort of, you know, comparison with those saints and see maybe how they lived their life, how they, you know, became these saints. And you want to emulate them, of course, but you might go a little too far emulating them. Um, so, and I think that it can bring on what I've started calling religious anxiety. I ended up Googling that and it is a thing, but the way I mean it, it's not how the internet definition is. So well, I'm not what do you mean by that. it? So I think, you know, you can try to get to this point of like being so holy and that you know in your mind, you know, kind of like, oh, this is like, this is what it means to be, you know, pious. This is what it means to like respect the Eucharist and communion. So like I'll get to these points in my life where I might be like at mass and I'll see some, you know, you know, a teenager who might look healthy. This is just an example, like not kneeling during the consecration or things like that. And it makes me, I get, I'll get so angry because I'll be like, how could you look like you're healthy? Like, how come you're not kneeling? He died on the cross for you. And I'll, I'll have these, like, like, how do you not know how important this is in this relationship? And how could you not want this relationship too? So I think you can kind of overdo it where once you kind of realize your shortcomings and your faults and what you're work and you start working on them, you'll, you'll do that thing, right? Where you won't, you need to pull like what the log out of your eye before you pull the, the splinter. How does, how does this thing go? I'm totally yep, like splinter. Not, yep. You know, you, everyone knows what I'm talking about. So I think you can kind of start doing that where you ignore, you can kind of forget that the whole thing driving this is humility. Um, Cause you'll start seeing other people's shortcomings. And so I'll, so the point is like, you might be in there praying, you might be doing your thing. And then suddenly you're getting distracted by someone who maybe isn't praying as well as you are. And for me, it makes me like very anxious because, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like he suffered for us and you can't suffer at all. And like, what are we supposed to be doing about this? Lord, what do I do about this? And I, I take on these like burdens that maybe I shouldn't be taking on, um, and like, I'll even get to the point where if I'm at a, a, you know, a mass and there's a Eucharistic uh, minister and there's like wine and the, I like look at how the, the wine's being distributed and maybe being accidentally like wiped somewhere else on the, the, well, the blood being wiped somewhere else on the, you know, the cup. And then maybe it's touching someone's hands and I'm like, oh, how is it spreading? And like all these things. So I'm constantly panicking about things everyone else is doing as opposed to like, wow, I'm receiving the Eucharist right now. And like, I should be focused on that instead. So I think that kind of can be, at least again, this is like very personal. So the Martha Mary syndrome. Yeah, like maybe there's a lot of, um, there's that doing and being thing that we're kind of struggling with, but yeah, it can be a lot of like, what are they doing wrong? Because I now know everything. So I think that that's kind of what you've gotten when you, you're doing too much, then it's like, take a, take a state because you're still, you're still not working on humility. If yep. So I would say, make sure that that's your, that's like one of your focuses needs to be growing in humility constantly. Um, you know. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I, I, I found myself focusing on that today. I was at, at church and praying and, you know, I started thinking about, some issue in our world and society and just how could 
X be possible? How could someone think that X was okay? And then, you know, the quick thought came to my head of, so do you want me to reveal your hypocrisy now or <laughs> in a little bit? And I was like, yeah, that is kind of how it always works. Like I find myself oftentimes like honing in on a certain deficiency that I see in our society, not necessarily even an individual, but just in general. And moments, oftentimes it's moments later, and God has revealed to me very quickly how much of a hypocrisy it is because I personally struggle with that same thing or something, some variance of it. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, to your point, it all goes back to humility. You know, yeah. knowing our our own brokenness. Um, exactly. I I guess next the next question I'd want to ask you, um, Bridget, is any advice? You know, I I kind of struck on this a little bit, um, but advice for someone who's at home struggling with mediocrity. Maybe they're literally while they're listening to this podcast they've got Netflix on in the background. So they're not even fully in tune with what they're listening to. And it's now their third episode of whatever they're listening to. And they're like, yeah, this is nice. Uh Uh-huh. What, what do you say to them? Because it's so, I think our society today, it's so easy to just be a very, our very average self to just say, well, was I a good person? Mm -hmm. You know, to my point at the very start, I said, You know, we have a calling. How do we get to see that calling and then respond to it? Right, absolutely. Um, Okay, so my advice is nothing no one's ever heard before. Um, I think you absolutely should try to find a spiritual director. Um, It could be be a priest, religious brother, sister. It could be a lay person. Some of them are trained. Um, I think it's really important. And I like joke you know, when you read about like lives of the saints, so many times I feel like you'll see quotes in these biographies from their spiritual director or their confessor. And so for me, I'm like, well, there it is. That's how you be a saint. You got to get a spiritual director. So like, check that off the list. I think that it's important to have someone who's guiding you, um, who can help you kind of figure out those like shortcomings of where you're struggling in your faith. Um, I would say absolutely frequent the sacrament of confession. That's a huge thing because one, we know sin weighs us down. Um, and it can keep us from, you know, doing the right thing. Um, but also I think really in, in, in line with that, um, really good, um, the examination of conscience. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, it's not just like, oh, the 10 commandments didn't do any, like didn't do anything wrong. I'm good. There's so much more when you do a really thorough examination of conscience, you know, like moments where you forgot to like thank the Lord or moments where you were uncharitable and you know, just get so deep with that and it kind of will show you those moments where you, what you have failed to do. Um, and I think it's, it's actually like completely like a blueprint for, you know, having like a good day, like a grace filled day is like looking at those thorough examination of conscience. Um, so that's one thing I would definitely, definitely say, obviously daily prayer, um, and it's doing what you can. It's kind of, again, realizing that you might not be able to say a whole rosary. You might not be able to spend an, you know, an hour in adoration, but if it's only like, you know, a Hail Mary when you wake up and an hour father before you go to bed or whatever your go-to prayers are, like that's absolutely better than nothing. So start there, go from there. 
And then when you can add it on, if you feel like you have five more minutes to spend adoration, stay those five more minutes. Um, you also don't need to be constantly dialoguing with the Lord or having some beautiful prayers saying, um, I think you can just sit there and just be, I think, you know, there's nowhere better you can, you can go than in the presence of the Lord. So if you have that time, if you have nothing to say, just being there is good enough. Um, so that, that's some, I think, fairly practical advice that I would say to go with. Um, and then you won't be so mediocre like me. <laughs> So I hope that's helpful. Let me know how. Yeah, it works. no, I everything you said, I I agree with. I was actually going to mention the examination of conscience because um, our last or two podcasts ago, um, that was a big a big thing that uh, yeah. the guest also hit on. And so I just think it's one of those things that's like let's keep honing in on that. I mean, yeah, Ignatius of Loyola, really. I think, yeah, I think that's the great thing about our faith, though, Brendan, is that you're never going to be able to talk about anything that's like mutually exclusive from something else. You know, like it's so important that all of these things become things we frequent that it become well-rounded that you become knowledgeable about. Um, and I would also like to say that if anyone takes this advice and dies and becomes a saint um, in return, you absolutely need to pray for me and pray for Brendan uh, because we want to be saints too. So you gotta be saints. <laughs> true, true. I, I kind of like that phrase. Can you say that again? Gotta yeah, be saints. Um, wow. Um, gotta be saints. I should um, I should use that. Which is close to the name of this podcast, which is have to be saints. Or is it wait? Is it going to be saints? I'm going to be a saint. The name of this podcast. Yes, gotta be saints. Very gotta good. Be saints. Good. Okay. Very good. Uh, yeah, I, I think everything you said, though, is spot on. And I mean, I think it's, uh, it just starts also with, you know, with, with a desire. Do we even want to be better? And then, of course, do we understand that God needs us to be better? You know, we can't just, you know, we're, we're going to have to take account for our actions here on earth. And Absolutely. so... Absolutely. If we uh, if we forget that, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough uh, rough judgment day. Not to say we can't still make it to heaven, but no, uh, you know, I know when I get there, God willing, I'm gonna be able to hopefully <sighs> be like, yeah, like I'm. I, I think I responded well, Lord. Well, yeah, and I think I think getting to heaven that's like the main goal, and Earth is just like it's our you know dress rehearsal, it's our warm up because if you're going to be praying for the rest of eternity in heaven. So you might as well get a little bit used to it here on earth. So just start like adding it, like just get used to it. If you want to, if you want to be in heaven, you're going to be praying for the rest of eternity. So the rest of eternity, I don't know if that even makes sense as a phrase, but um, yeah. And one other thing I wanted to add um, to this is do it with people. I think we get under this guise that, and maybe you're not like this listener, mm -hmm. but I'm like this. Mm -hmm. I want to, or I think I have to do it all alone. I mean, that's just my personality type, but like, I don't like asking for help. And even to the point where sometimes this accompaniment with my faith, I have no problem inviting people in, but I also sometimes go under the mindset of, well, I'm going to invite them in, but in the end, I'm going to be doing it alone. And that's just the wrong mentality. No, we're, for sure. 
we're called to, you know, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Jesus sent them on their way by twos. He didn't say, hey, go do this on your own. So exactly. we need to just be remembering. This is yeah. a group project, people. And guess what? You might not like your partner sometimes, but they're going to be helpful. No, that's, that's a really great point. So few of us are like called to be hermits. And even hermits like go to mass and things like that. Like they, they are some community there. But you're either called to, you know, religious life or family. And you don't get to just be like isolated and not share your faith. You're, you're, we're supposed to be in community. So yeah, it's, it's definitely important to like, you know, not keep it to yourself completely. Yeah. And also not even just not keep it to yourself, but understand that you're going to be your best self when you're, when you're doing this with other people. Mm -hmm. um, all right, Bridget, any final thoughts on this topic? <sighs> no, <laughs> not that I can think of. Not right okay. now. Okay. Okay. And I think I'm under the same way. I think we've <laughs> exhausted all of our points. So I guess the next question I want to ask you is, um, I ask this question every single podcast, mm -hmm. Mount Rushmore of Saints, Bridget, who are yes. your, who are your favorites? And if you okay. want to explain why, feel free. Okay, great. Great. Okay. So my favorite saints are, um, well, when they're all amazing, but I love St. Gemma, St. Gianna, St. Bridget of Sweden, which is timely, um, St. Augustine and St. John of the Cross. Um, so... I so you've added a face to Mount Rushmore. You were yes, like, I know. it was I, Kanye or St. John of the Cross. And you said, sorry, Kanye. It, it was just barely Kanye. I, I felt like it was a little bit, you know, time wise, maybe a little insensitive, but anywho, St. Gemma was just so, she was so young. Um, and she just had this like absolute, like she was just on fire for the Eucharist. Like it was something that she just kind of craved like every day because she just completely understood at least when you read, you know, her quotes and her, her biography and things like that, like, she just had this very, very intimate relationship with Christ, you know, Jesus and the Eucharist, um, which is something I think we should strive for, and I think it's inspiring, so if you're, if you're ever looking for a little bit of inspiration to just, like, love Jesus and the Eucharist more, just seriously search St. Gemma quotes, and you'll just be like, okay, that's the kind of love I'm looking for. St. Gianna is my confirmation saint. Uh, I love her. She is a you know, a working, she was a working mother. She was a doctor. Um, and famously she chose her child's life over her own. Um, and she ended up dying from complications related to her pregnancy. Um, her daughter, who's also named Gianna, I believe is like alive today, which is like amazing. I think, um, St. Bridget of Sweden. Uh, I mentioned her before. She just has this really beautiful devotion to um, Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, years ago when I was in high school, I found this like prayer card and I like the prayer card because I'm very self-absorbed. So it's on my name and I was like, Ooh, I want this. Ended up looking at the prayer in the back, thought it was cool. It seemed easy. And I've been saying it like every day since. Um, so I'm going on how many, you know, 12 plus years of like this devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. And that's all through St. Bridget of Sweden. So thank you, St. Bridget of Sweden. Um, St. Augustine makes me want to be a warrior and get rid of absolutely everything that doesn't make me a saint. Um, so he's one of those saints that I'll read about and I end up kind of doing too much. Um, so tread lightly. Oh, I like to focus on give me chastity, but not yet. You know, that's yeah, exactly, my St. Exactly. Augustine quote. Um, and then St. John of the Cross. Um, I don't actually know too much about him, but whenever I come across anything he's like written or said, 
I like literally think about it for weeks. I'm just like taken away. So I think, especially because I tend to be more drawn to like contemplative prayer or like that deeper prayer. As soon as I'll see something St. John of the Cross said, and that's enough to fuel me for like an hour, if that makes sense. Um, so that's and we thought how- it was just coffee that fueled you for an hour. Coffee and St. John of the Cross that fuels me. But he's he's literally beautiful, beautiful saint. Um, so I would absolutely recommend these saints to anyone if you're looking to build, you know, your fantasy football team of saints. I don't know anything about fantasy football, so that probably doesn't make sense. But they're, they're some heavy A valiant effort. I love them. I love them so much. And I hope they are praying for me. Um, yeah. That's them. That's my mom. That's my mom. Love that for you. And you. my uh, my last question for you before I let you go. Mm-hmm. One day, God willing, Bridget, you're going to be a saint. What are you going to be the patron saint of? Okay, so I thought about this for a while, Brendan, and there are so many things where I was like, oh, I'll be the patron saint of object. Like, I would insert an object there. I'm like, do objects get patron saints? You, like, it's not like you have like, oh, I'm the patron saint of boats. It's like, no, I'm the patron saint of seafarers or like mariners or something. Like, maybe I'm wrong. I was like, okay, what objects do I like a lot? And then what is, re- like, what what group of people is related to that? So I would be the patron saint of donut shop employees. They, I would be up in heaven praying for them, looking out for them, caring for them, watching over them, whatever it is saints do up in heaven um, for my donut shop employees. And they also you know, there's also coffee there. So it's just like, they're amazing. I love them. And my Dunkin' Donuts near my office, they know me. They give me free donuts. I, I can't fathom being in heaven. In the as, the fa- as the father knows you, so also your Dunkin' Donuts employees. Exactly. Exactly. And I want them all. I honestly, I want, I don't even know their names. I need to know their names. They don't know mine. I want nothing more than to see them in heaven as well. Like, that's one of my favorite things and it's something that for those franciscan grads on their um households are my household says this a lot like my greatest desire is to see you in heaven and i love that and i think it's so important that we realize that um we should see that with people we love with the people we see every day with the people we don't get along with that should be our greatest desire because it means like we found christ you know we found mercy and they found mercy and we ended up in heaven and so definitely you know keep that in mind with any interaction but that's how I feel about my Dunkin Donut babies I love them so much and I just want to be in heaven with them <laughs> wow um, yeah so really I cannot I wait really for people <laughs> to listen to this and then get to the very end and, <laughs> be just, like, oh, <laughs> and just be like, oh, so, <laughs> so excited and then be able to just be like wow I can relate to this girl you just became more relatable than you ever were before. I, I, I sincerely hope so. But I also really want people to take that, that last thing with them. That our greatest desire should be to see, you know, this person in heaven. Because it means- Amen. No, you're 100% right. Well, well, thank you, Bridget, so very much for being on. I think this is a topic that I know I can relate to. I think- other listeners are going to relate to they're gonna be like "Ooh, i don't know if i really want to listen to it because i'm pretty mediocre but the reality is guess what god knows it he's gonna work with us accept grace live humbly Mm -hmm. walk faithfully 
and team up with your brothers and sisters who want the same thing, and you're going to get there. Amen. It's a pretty good Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bridget. And thank you to everyone who listened to this. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a wonderful day, and God bless.